All right, Hungry Hip Hop fans. So today we got a little special bonus episode for you. Um, this isn't hip hop, so be prepared. This isn't hip hop, but one of, I don't know, I don't know if people call her the queen of pop. I don't know if she has a phrase, whatever, but one of the biggest pop artists in the world just dropped her surprise album. Yes, this artist is Taylor Swift. You know, uh, she dropped her surprise album evermore, um, this past week. And, you know, we talked a little bit, us hungry hip hop, we talked a little bit and we figured we all listened to the album. So, you know, why not, why not just put a little something out there for y'all? Like a, just a little something, you know, a little something different. So this is going to be a quick short review of Taylor Swift's recent album, Evermore. Um, Milo, you called yourself the self, self-professed Swifty. I don't, I don't know what the hell you called yourself. So you want to start us off, dog? So I just have a lot of respect for Taylor Swift. I feel like, much like Logic, a lot of people hopped on a bandwagon and like hating on her. But if you actually listen to what she has to say, she's a very sophisticated person, especially when she called out people like ripped on her for writing Mm -hmm. songs about her exes. Mm -hmm. And she was like, y'all don't be talking about Ed Sheeran, no. Oh, alcoholic ginger over here writing about every girl that did him wrong. Y'all don't say nothing about him. So that's when I really started paying attention. And just like the stuff she did, for instance, when she sued old boy, won the suit and only sued him for $1. So things like that really stood out to me. And I listened to her discography. And I, I don't know, like I would say top albums for me would be would be Red. And 1989 is up there. I definitely wasn't a fan of Reputation. But yes, I, I do follow Taylor Swift. I have listened to what would be now her entire discography i listened to lover in 2019 listened to folklore which came out prior to this album and i'll be honest i respect folklore and evermore Mm -hmm. i just personally feel that folklore struck me as a lot like really lana del rey really really low energy and evermore had that same kind of low energy feel Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful music. I personally wasn't vibing with it because of the low energy. Lover in 2019, I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of that album, but it had a much higher energy, more poppy feel that I could feel would be catchy. So my message to anyone who's a Taylor Swift fan, I feel like this is another experimental. So she was really country, right, for a long time. And then 1989 came out, and that's when she ventured into pop. And then Reputation came out, and she ventured into some more explored, uh, like exploration. I feel like this is another explore, uh, another phase of exploration with very low energy, minimalist kind of, and per wasn't thrilled about it. All right, Alan, what about you? What do you think of this? So, Milo, I really liked how you kind of musically broke down her career where her first album was country and that was just very popular. That's what like blasted her onto the scene around the same time as Kid Cudi, right? Um, Interestingly enough. But then she went into 89 and that was, like you said, the pop direction and that worked really well. That felt like moving into a new stage of her career that gave her maybe her best album and that critically seems to be that way uh but then we did have like reputation come out and i wasn't a fan of that like nearly as much as 1989 and um and then lover kind of was a return to form i feel like for taylor 
where she was starting to hint towards this new direction, which was coming back to using the acoustic guitar again and just singing chord songs. Um, so I did enjoy Lover. The two that she dropped this year, though, are possibly my two favorite albums by her now. Um, I think she's really found, like tapped into a side of herself that works really well, this kind of like indie rock inspired direction where she'll even bring in people like Boney Vare and bring in a band like The National who really are kind of these like big names in the genre. And like, and I don't, I don't want to give them any more credit because I think Taylor's songwriting has been what's really stood out on this, on these two albums, really. I consider them so closely linked, um, but she's absorbing that sound really well. And just the way that these albums were rolled out, just being surprises, especially this last one, I didn't hear about till it actually dropped. And it worked super well for me. Uh, I'm kind of rambling, but I, I did like it a lot. Okay, okay. Um, so unlike the rest of y'all, apparently, I've never really listened to Taylor Swift. Um, I knew that song, like, Shake It Up when it came out. I'm assuming that was off her pop album because it was very poppy. But, um, like, I, I mean, I've heard, like, her huge, huge, huge songs that were just, like, everyone's heard. But, like, that's really, yeah, I've never listened to her album. Folklore was the first one I ever listened to just because a friend wanted me to check it out. Um, and I did like it. I liked folklore. Like, uh, it was okay. Like, I wouldn't come back to it. Like, it's not really my style or genre of music, but it was okay. Um, and then that same friend told me that this album, you know, had like surprise dropped. And, you know, so I was like, all right, well, let me, you know, check this one out. I like surprise drops just in general from artists, like, especially from major artists. Like, if any major artist really does a surprise drop, I'll almost always check it out. That was actually, side note, first time I've ever listened to a Drake album all the way through was when he dropped, uh, if you're reading this is too late. I was like, oh, shit, like, Drake's a huge artist. So for him to go. Oh, and... right, right. So, yeah. So Evermore dropped. Um, and uh, so I checked it out. To be honest, I like this a decent amount. <laughs> like, uh, I like this enough to where I actually might even go back a couple of times and check out a few songs. Um, I am liking this kind of more folk, you know, indie rock or whatever, uh, Taylor Swift. Um, it's a good sound for her. I think I did, I mean, I did enjoy the pop version of her more so, but this is a, this seems like a more authentic sound that still sounds really good to me. Um, it's a it's a vibe. I would if I can say anything, I would say it's, it's a solid vibe, um, and it's pretty consistent all the way through. Um, in particular, I really really like the song um, "Gold Rush." Uh, dude, she was flowing on that shit, bro. Sound like she had bars on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, did y'all catch that or like I don't know? I felt for a second I was like, "Yo, is she rapping?" Like there was a second to where she was flowing on that song "Gold Rush," um, and I thought the hook was pretty clean and. There was plenty of songs on this album where I actually noted the lines because she like her lyrics are pretty damn good. She had bars all throughout it. Um, I don't know if I was the only one who caught that, but what about y'all? No, like always, I oh, go ahead, Alan. Oh, I was just gonna say, like I mentioned earlier, the songwriting was really strong on this, and yeah, yeah, that's a it, it definitely showed for me too, Milo. <laughs> So definitely 100%. It doesn't surprise me, you know, to bars because something I will say Taylor Swift has always been good at doing is cutting to the heart of the matter, like talking about those feelings that people, I guess, kind of feel, I don't know, like you feel like it sounds stupid when you say it out loud, but then you hear like the, 
teardrops on my guitar or whatever, or, or Hey Steven from way back in the day. And it, it touches on those like actual emotions. So throughout this, throughout, like for instance, when she was talking about her champagne problems, there was a, I can't remember the exact name of the song, but she was talking about basically like a family member getting drunk at the din- dinner table during like a family gathering. Does, it, does anyone have the exact name off rip? Mm, not right offhand. No. But Wait, you said it wasn't champagne problems? No, no, no. I, I think it was champagne problems. Like someone's getting like basically drunk and everybody. But the point is she takes these really visceral human experiences that I think basically everyone pretty much goes through and just says them, you know, beautifully sung over a really beautiful, whatever, piano or uh, guitar kind of production. And it resonates. So definitely, I feel like she's still true to herself, even when she's, a, even when she's exploring. Yeah. Dude, I, this I one agree. really, Oh, go ahead, Mark. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. This one really like hit home for me a lot. Uh, just this one's clear. has a clear narrative where this woman turns down her, her boyfriend's marriage proposal. And then she runs into the rest of, the rest of his family and then you get lines like left you out there standing crestfallen on the landing champagne problems your mom's ring in your pocket my picture in your wallet your heart was glass i dropped it champagne problems that's just fucking brutal man um i think taylor is a great storyteller on this song and really good like i yeah i like i read it out loud and it's powerful just almost reading more like a poem but once Mm -hmm. you listen to it going against that like against the the guitar chords and like taylor's voice it this song really hit me i mean i like the line a lot on this same song where she says uh she's like kind of quoting like somebody else or a family member or whatever and she says she would have made a lovely bride it's a shame she's fucked up in the head and i'm like man like that's a that's that's like that's very I, I could see yeah. somebody like whispering that to somebody at like a, you know, dinner party or table or some shit like that, you know? Um, so that line really kind of caught my attention. But like when I was summarizing this album, one of the things that I, I put was how much I fucked with the lyrics. And like, I'm like, if you know me, like I'm all about the heartbreak bars, like two out of my three favorite artists or three out of my four favorite artists from like the last few years are all like all do like heartbreak bars, you know? Um, like it's basically juice roll just without the drugs, <laughs> you know, in a way. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm really with the, all the heartbreak bars on this. And um, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, she has on, and like the lines are they're even though they're typical heartbreak, the way as we kind of mentioned the way she says them and like the the way she decides to describe them are what's really like unique like in the song tis the damn season she has a line where she says and it's the very first line she says if i wanted to know who you were hanging with while i was gone i would have asked you like damn like that's a that's a very visual line to me you know like i could see the mood when she says that um, I think she's like like that to me is one thing that she's really great at. She's able to like help me visualize the setting and the mood with her words. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred. Like another example, this is off of Reputation, an album. Like I already said, I'm not even a big like fan of like Gorgeous. She says, um, 
you should take it as a compliment that I got drunk and made fun of the way you talk, or you should take it as a compliment that I'm talking to everyone here, but you, which Mm -hmm. once again, illustrates the kind of silly shit. Like if we say it out loud, it seems dumb and childish, but we know how it feels. And we know the emotion associated with that kind of behavior showing out Mm -hmm. for somebody that you really want attention from. And she, I don't know, she's a genius at encapsulating that. I don't know. Maybe she's kind of the Earl sweatshirt of putting a whole lot of, like packing a whole lot and just to one line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if we could go back to, I did want to just mention one thing on champagne problems. Um, mm-hmm. Mark, you mentioned the, she would have made such a lovely bride. What a shame she's fucked in the head. They said, but right after, like before the last course comes up, then she turns it around and says, but you'll find the real thing instead. She'll patch up your tapestry that I shred. And then suddenly the chorus comes in and it's talking about her picture in your wallet. And then you won't remember all my champagne problems. So I love the way that for what such a like dark song in the beginning, talking about turning down a marriage proposal, but she manages a way to like instill some hope into the guy that, yeah, this hurts now. Yes. I hurt you a lot right now, but one day you're going to find that person that like clicks with you and that is going to be the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And, gives him at least that little bit of hope I felt like was a sweet way to end the song. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I get the storytelling is just top notch, dude. Um, so, so good. Oh, just speaking of storytelling. So along those lines, the song that stood out to me the most and that I added to my playlist instantly was the one featuring Haim. It was nobody, nobody, no crime. Nobody, no crime. Yeah. That's the one I was just talking about. <laughs> oh, word? Oh, word? Okay, yeah, go ahead. We're there, we're there, it's for, it's for the guy. <laughs> go ahead, go off. I was just going to say, so like, uh, I'm like, nobody, no crime. So this one sounded the most country to me. Like, it was incredibly, like, country. It was the first thing I, I, I noticed. But then, like, the story, which, I mean, this is, like, legit 100% storytelling. Like, not just imagery. She's really telling a full story here. And then the whole, I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. And then in the later choruses, she switches it up to where, like, um, they think she did it, but they just can't prove it. And, you know, she thinks I did it, but she just can't prove it. Like, I like how the way she's able to just switch out pronouns real quick and you know could like like really shift your mind in the story like to me like that's a like that's a good writer i thought this song it brought me back to so only people who are really noel country are going to know about the ode to billy joe so today billy joe McAllister jumped off the tallahatchie bridge i'm not going to sing it but that kind of country storytelling and the, I guess, poetic delivery, it, it brought me back. Or even Jolene, even Jolene, like just think of Miley Cyrus singing Jolene. This mm-hmm. was evocative of that. And it was, it was very powerful. It made me think of even uh, Three Billboards, that movie that came out a while ago. Love that movie. About that young woman who got, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Movie. that girl who got like raped and burned up and her mom mm-hmm. was trying to find out who the who the guy was it, it brought me back to that it very powerful picture i 
I had a Mississippi zip, zip code during the duration of this song. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys already like mentioned a lot about it, but the one thing I did want to add is I loved how Heim was used on this, uh, where mm-hmm. when they come in and sing, um, the chorus switches up slightly, saying the first mm-hmm. one is, I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. And then the next time, it's... Um, it repeats i think he did it but i just can't prove it and then for the last the last couple courses it switches up to they think she did it but they just can't prove it so even like even in the catchy like country hook chorus we're getting more of this like paranoia and people feeling like everyone's kind of sussing out each other um and the Mm -hmm. subtle way that that switched up i thought was really well executed um but you guys said it beautifully i think the song is great um, the song right after that, uh, Happiness, has one of my favorite lines in this entire album. She has a line where she says, I can't make it go away by making you a villain. Oh, God, bro. Mm. Like, that that line hits home to me so much. Like, the idea of, like, you know, you try to make the person out to be, like, just the worst thing possible in order to, like, get over the pain of, like, them no longer, you know, being with you or whatever. And... So just like kind of like speaking that out, saying I can't make you go away by making you the villain. And then also another line on the song where she says there is happiness in our history, you know, that even though things might have like ended badly or whatever, like there were obviously like moments of joy that, you know, was great. And so I don't know. I thought that was a great song that and those lines just kind of hit me really hard. You see. I'm going to be honest with you. So I, I said at the outset, I, I found this album kind of like really low energy, boring. What you're talking about, the content of what you're talking about, I think was better executed in her album Red when she sang Holy Ground. And she actually like paints the images of those happy times. And the song culminates in the whole like, you know, so casually cruel in the name of being honest. You know, I said the way you broke me like a promise. The, I guess musically, the 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 turbulence of that kind of conflict was there for me, which is why I keyed in more on it in red. Whereas here, I'll be honest with you, you mentioned the song, and I was like, uh, I think that might be <laughs> yeah. one of the ones where I was kind of like, eh. Uh, like I, said, Milo, I, never I love read, that so. you mentioned. Oh, oh, I was actually going to say, Milo, I love that you mentioned kind of the distinction where on red it was first you're making me happy and the song sounds really happy. And then we get this kind of like more abrupt change into anger and how Taylor is viewing those older relationships is like either very good or very bad. Um, But the way, but the way that it comes on happiness on this album is more like, more like realistic of how I think of relationships in my past where we had these good times that I do value, but we also have these like bad times and you can't necessarily like, take one without the other if that makes sense exactly. but you still overall yeah. look at that but you still look at that relationship in a generally positive light but you just have to understand the negatives and the trauma that comes along with that and that's why the song kind of hit the perfect like note for me because everything she's talking about like flows with how i feel like how i feel like i view past relationships that it's mostly good experiences but there's pain associated it and with them. And it's about like extracting the positivity. Um, I'm reading really in deeply into this, but happiness did like 
really make me reflect on my relationships. And I just thought it was beautifully written. Yeah. Full, full, like fully right there with you. Um, on the song Ivy, uh, she has a line that this might be some of the best imagery actually, I think in that entire album, she has a line where she says, Oh, goddamn, my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hands. Like, uh, like that, like once again, like this is, that sounds Juice world esque to me. I'm gonna be real. Like, like that's something that I could easily feel like I would have heard on a Juice world album or something like that. Um, it's really good imagery that kind of describes like the pain that comes along with this other individual connected to your life. So I actually even, I love the rest of the chorus too, where she's kind of like making an allusion to her being this house where stop putting your roots in my dreamland. My house is stone, mm. your ivy grows, and now I'm covered in you. And suddenly like this relationship metaphor is told about through the image of this, like this beautiful house that has this creeping ivy kind of crawling up it as the years go by. And I absolutely love that image. Um, so just more and more on this album that I absolutely keep falling in love with. Mm-hmm. So I'll be honest. Uh, it's kind of interesting looking at the track list. I, I remember more about the, the Coney Island track that came before this. If uh, Mark, I'm still thinking about, you said my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand. I'm thinking a teardrop. Is that the right? Am I down the right Avenue or? I didn't hear what you said. Say that one more time. I'm trying to the my pain fits in your in your hand like uh, my what is it? My pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand. I'm trying to understand it. Is it? I'm thinking a teardrop. Yeah. So when I hear the line, "My pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand," I'm not taking the metaphor like literally. Like I'm not sure exactly where she's trying to go specifically, but. For me, it's more so the fact that, like, the imagery portrays, like, you kind of encapsulate my pain. Like, like all my pain, uh, for the most part, is kind of revolving currently around, like, you. Like, like you're holding on to it. Um, and so that's kind of how I take that line, my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand. It's just that, like, you're, like, you're cold, <laughs> you're very cold-blooded, and, like, you are kind of, like, the one holding my pain right now. You're the, you're the cause, you're the one that has it all right now. And so that's kind of just how I took it. Like, retweet. Perfect. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we could go through every song on this like that. But like for me, just in general, um, I thought the lyricism was the high point on this album. I just thought the, the lyricism was amazing. Um, and I think like for me, I like music that's high energy that commands me. So whether it's hip hop, rap, metal, whatever, like for music needs to take control of my body needs to take take control of like everything about me whereas when i first listened to this i was like this like low-key guitar folk music like it, it just wasn't really doing it but the instrumentals definitely play more of a background to her vocals which once i kind of started to like t- put more of my focus on her vocals i was like ah okay i see i see the pill more so now um and then that, that's when it kind of really started getting a lot better for me so, so up, just oh. Oh, if we are just gonna like wrap up now, I did want to mention my favorite song on the album. We actually didn't get a chance to talk about uh, was "Cowboy Like Me." I love how mm. lonely the two characters seem to feel, and how all the imagery she uses to 
kind of bring them together through this like this old west kind of style scene combined with like a country violin player i thought was just beautiful um yeah cowboy like me my personal favorite um to wrap it up like more generally i really really love this this is one of my favorite taylor albums now um so to wrap up once again I guess the the like the main message I would say is that for these for folklore and evermore you don't have to like it but you do have to respect it because this is beautiful music listening to the composition and the like the composition musically and as far as content I was jealous. I, w- I wish I had such musical prowess to be able to put something together like this just because I had a particular message I wanted to deliver, you know, on a given part of a of a terrible year like 2020. Personally, though, it was too low energy for me that I wasn't I wasn't hyped about it. I still have more respect for projects like Red and 1989 and in songs like like Ronin than I than I did for this. So if you're if you're a fan that was just captivated by what she did in her pop era for Red and no not Red for 1989 and Reputation you're probably not going to be the most thrilled about this but if you were thrilled about her country side and her pop side and Lover and you're just all about exploring this artist and when she, she's even exploring other other avenues then i i i think i think you'll i think you'll enjoy this because it does have it strike a different tone and that's it i yield back okay we want to pick uh, two songs yeah uh, they, they can't go on the playlist they can't go on the playlist the oh. album appetizers are strictly for the hip-hop we can't add it to the playlist Ooh, okay. dude i feel like we need to have a discussion later but oh yeah <laughs> Bro, just imagine people going through the playlist and then Taylor Swift pops up, bro. People about to be hot, <laughs> dude. Yeah, after fucking Freddie Gibbs and then one of these songs comes on, friggin that would be Gillum. Yeah, I feel that. Okay, Cowboy, and then Hair and Taylor go. <laughs> you know, it's some, a cowboy some like shit. me. <laughs> yeah, bro. We can't edit this playlist, okay. but let's give a spicy. What was okay? What was your guys' favorite song then? Mine was Cowboy okay, Like Me. I'll do that. Cowboy Like I, Me was actually like on my least favorites. Um, sorry, Alan, but my favorite's probably gonna have to be um, either Gold Rush or. Hmm. I'm also adding on Ivy because we're supposed to pick two, and I also love Ivy a lot. Yeah, I would say Gold Rush or Ivy from, or if I had to pick two, it'd be Gold Rush and Ivy. Oh fuck! Actually, I liked Closure Closure a lot though. Um, Mine should actually probably be uh, Gold Rush and Closure. Closure, I thought, was actually really good. I know I didn't mention it earlier, but I love the lines to that. Like, she has a line, sorry, specifically she has a line that says, the shape of your name still spells out pain. Oh, oh. Like, Taylor got bars, bro. She got bars, than more bars than most of these rappers out here, bro. She need, yeah, people need to put respect on her I'm name, bro. Like, for real. <laughs> I don't know about All that. All right, Milo, what are your two tracks that are not so, going to my list? Just for the record, I don't know about that last statement. <laughs> At any rate, my two. Oh, does she got more bars than Lil Wayne, dog? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I—that's a bigger topic. Nobody, no crime, and Willow. Those are my two. I'm leaning more toward nobody, no crime. And like I think 60, it's, 40. 
I think it's cool and speaks to the, how good this album is that like I think all of us just made good picks. You really can't go wrong. And they're all different songs. Yeah. Yeah. So hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. Um, we love this album. It's probably better than Kid Cudi. Peace. <laughs> Ciao. Peace, y'all. <laughs>